Pull up a stool and pour yourself a pint as you're about to join three intrepid drinkers, Kevin, Justin, and Mark, as they embark on another Beer-tastic Voyage. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Beer-tastic Voyage. My name's Kevin. I'm Mark. And I'm Justin. And it is good to be back in the cozy confines of our recording studio here in Mark's basement. Guys, I'm glad to see you again. I feel like we haven't done this in a while. Studio A. We definitely yeah. haven't done it in, in Studio A for a while. Yeah, Studio A has been a little on, on a little hiatus. We've been on, on, on assignment. On the road. I like it. it was, it's been great talking to some of the brewers that we've gotten a chance to sit down and hang out with. I, it's awesome. I love being able to pick people's brains about beer. Yeah, being able to talk to Paul and uh, the guys from Longbeard. Yep. And um, yeah, we've just been we've been out getting to a lot of events. You. Uh, you guys have been to a couple events. I got a chance to get out of town for a few days. I got to visit a new brewery, too. Um, but today, we'll talk about maybe those a little bit later. Maybe as we yeah, that's wrap fine. Up. But today... Let's got, get to the beer. Yeah, we've got beers, and they're getting warm. And they're from Po' Boy Brewing in Port Jeff Station, New York, uh, brewed by Head Brewer. And is he the owner also? Indeed. Uh, Bobby Rodriguez. But, um, Justin, I believe you have all the intel on... Uh, Mr. Rodriguez's creations here. So why don't you get us started? What are we starting with? I do. This is uh, one of my uh, favorites. It's a new. It's a relatively new brewery. Um, I guess uh, the best way to say it is he's an award-winning brewer. Um, he's won 34 awards from national competitions, and he's Sweet. voted the 2013 Brewer of the Year by a National Homebrew Club. So uh, he's got skills, Ooh, Bobby. Ooh. Yes. Yeah, it was impressive. Have, did Did you notice all the ribbons on the wall in the brewery? Oh no, I didn't see them. Oh yeah, like. Like towards the back room, it's like done up like that. There, like the, uh, like the blossoms on like a dogwood tree or something like that. Oh, that's cool. I'll have to check that out. Oh, I, is that what the? Oh, okay. I I've seen it, but I didn't know that those were from the competition. I assume those yeah. are his, uh, you know, his competition ribbons and stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. I haven't gotten the chance to get up to that brewery yet, so I do not know what it is you refer to, but I'm sure it's majestic. So yeah. when you do get in there. There's like the front bar area, and then to the right of the bar, there's some additional seating. Okay. Like going towards the back where all the brewing equipment is, and on the that right wall up close to the ceiling is like just a shitload of ribbons. Okay, shitload of ribbons on the wall. The other thing they have a shitload of is really cool uh, fake animals hung on the wall that get named. (laughs) Yes, they're fucking cool. Is one of them named Albert? No, that's no. For everyone listening, that's what I name all the animals that I find. Usually, the ones that can hurt you. Like there's a required jars. format where it has to be X the beer X. The X the beer X. Yeah, or well, X the beer Y. X the beer Y would be more accurate. Yeah. So give me an example. I wish I could. I kind of suck at these. X and Y's. It sounds like math, and that was well, not. Let me see if I can find it on, on their Facebook. One, one of the examples they have uh, patrons. Uh, so would it be like Charlie the beer? Guzzler or whatever. Something like that, Something like that. Oh, it would be like a title. Yes. Not like Charlie the Bear beer drinker. I'm confused now. I've I've managed to baffle myself again. The uh, the, uh, motif inside is, uh, I would say, uh, outdoorsy and um, clearly uh, Louisiana. Okay. Um, The tap handles are, uh, look like uh, um, sticks and it, they're driftwood, kind driftwood of. type of thing. Okay. Um, it, it's really, it's actually really, it's cool in there. And um, I was in there uh, yesterday, and it's uh, getting a little warm out. Yes. And they actually had the the front opened up 
like a big roll-up window. Oh, okay. And so is it you, like a garage door kind of thing? Yeah. All right. I mean, it's a little interesting because there's a door to get in, and then right. there's this garage door thing, and then there's a wall in between them. But it's it's still let in a ton of air. It was mm-hmm. really nice in there. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. And um, one of my favorite people, Sam, is behind the bar. Okay. She always takes care of me. Shout out to Sam. No Hello. doubt. And uh, you know, it was it, it's. The atmosphere is really nice. It's you can bring kids like we've bring Mark and I have brought. Um, oh yeah, our kids. And they've got board games there that you I can like sit down. Games. Yeah, and they have um, one of the most interesting styles of beer that I've ever had before, and it's the only place I've ever had it. And it's the first one we're going to drink. Okay, it's the uh, the old Kentuckian. It's a Kentucky right. Common. It's it's a older style of beer that um, was like Prohibition time. Okay, I believe it was made from the uh, it's the, the first runnings of uh, whiskey. Right, uh, I. I think that's I would it. say it's probably the second running. Oh, second, sorry, second running of yeah. the whiskey mash. Yeah, yeah, and um, it it was revived essentially from uh, historical data, not, oh. not necessarily by Bobby. I, I don't know how right. much he did, but the um, I know I when I did a search for it, I found um, a uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> for anybody to know, <laughs> for anybody, for our, for our, those that aren't watching us, we are live on Facebook right now. Something we're going to try to do while we're recording. If you want to actually see us do this mess, see, it's just to throw us phone my, on the uh, floor. My uh, phone tends to go off in the middle of our interviews, and uh, it bothers Mark. So I decided that instead of gracefully turning it off, I would just throw it off the table. <laughs> um, it needed to go. Well. I was I wanted to give you some plaudits on that awesome segue that you had earlier, bringing it around to the beer, and just like boom, oh, yeah, let's no, just yeah, try yeah, this. I that up right away. It's all over. Um, so anyway, this is a historical style of beer that when I did a search for it online, I could really only find like a uh, I think it was a home brewer national home brewers conference PDF from a um, presentation that was given. So from Ot Twelve. Yeah, I, I don't know how much you're going to find this in other places, but it, it's uh, one of my favorites here, so I, can't, I want to see what uh, Mark and Kevin have to say. Well, well I, I did have this, though. Oh, that's right, when we went. When, when we were there, yeah. yeah. And it, it's I, it's really uh, definitely one of my favorite, like, nice drinking, like, yeah, lawnmower type beer. Yeah, I mean, color-wise, it, being from whiskey, it kind looks of like looks like Yeah, it's got I the bet, same sort of color. As soon as you said that, that's exactly what popped through my head. It is the color of good whiskey. Like, it has that wonderful amber color, a little bit of gold in this in the hue. It has a nice multi aroma. Yep. I like that aroma. It's a little bit sweet smelling. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a malt-forward beer. And this sugar at the end, the sugar at the end, you taste, but really clean up front, really clean, not a ton of flavor, and I think you mentioned there was no hops in this at all. Um, I don't know, maybe enough just to call it beer. Yeah, there's got to be some in there for bittering because there is a little bit of a hop bite right in at the back, in addition to the sweetness. As you say that, and I'm kind of letting it develop a little bit, you know, as I finish the sip. I do pick it up just a little bit. Yeah, it's it's not uh, assertive or, you know, it, it's far from an IPA, but it, is, it definitely has a little bit of a bite. Yeah. The uh, the description um, from their website is, historical beer based on recipes that were used by distillers making American whiskey. Look at that, I retained something. An amber-colored ale made with corn and rye. Rye, one of our favorite things. Yes. Just bought 55 pounds of rye. A great beer for those who like lower alcohol with plenty of fa- plenty of flavor, and that's one of the things that I was going to get to. Is it's only five percent ABV, yeah, and it um 
it has a lot of flavor for a, a lower, almost session style beer. Um, you know, I, I, I agree that it has a good flavor. I almost wish it was a little more concentrated in the flavor. I, I like the flavor, but I think that that exact thing, that exact part of it that makes it feel clean in the beginning also to me makes it feel a little bit washed out. And I guess I could see that. It's I'd just, be afraid it'd be too powerful. The rye would be Yeah, too I much. could understand that. I mean, maybe I would, just because I'm like the rye, I might like it a little bit more with some more in there. But also, if you tell me, hey, and Mark, you said the lawnmower beer before, it, it started to get a little hot and sticky a little bit the past yesterday and today uh, in our neck of the woods. And I would have gone for this. This would be refreshing. I would like that. Yeah, it's definitely good for that. Um, and it's easy drinking it really is it's definitely gonna go down quicker than you would expect it to <laughs> i have no doubt and with five percent of you can yeah exactly you're not gonna I, I wouldn't worry about having a couple of these so why don't you kick it off with uh with your thoughts mark for for a rating on it well first of all i'm just gonna recap our system no, that's, here that's because, a good call we haven't done that in a while yeah i i think we need to do that like once a recording session so that we uh at least every third week, people know what the hell we're talking about. Yeah, that's a good point. Although, uh, I mean, we, that means we have to like describe everything during the podcast again, doesn't it? No. We're pretty confusing. What? <laughs> what? what? What's going on? Who me. are we? Mark, so anyway, that. Our, our scale is a five-point scale based upon how much of the beer that we want to drink. And uh, starts off with a two-ounce tasting... From there, it graduates to a full pint. If you want a little bit more than that, we go to the bomber. From the bomber, it's a growler. And finally, you just love it so much that you need it on demand, and that's when you go for the keg. Stick it to my veins. Stick so it to my for veins. me, the the old Kentuckian is solidly in the growler category for me. I, uh, I'll back you up on that. I'm going to go growler. The only reason why I'm not going keg is because, uh, because basically what Kevin was saying um, it, this isn't going to be something that I want to have a lot of all the time, but it's going to be something that I, I could definitely have around for a few days and have one or a couple every day. It's also good, I think, in between beer if you have something wacky, and uh, whether you like it or not, at least it'll clean your palate and uh, also taste very good. Um, I agree that I, it would be a good, it's a good palate cleaner. Um, we didn't bring down a pitcher of water, but I might be pouring back out some of that in between the other two beers to, to and wipe a things flavor off. with it. Um... Exactly what you said. I, I I just think it's a little too... It's a good everyday drinker. It's a good beer to have on hand, but I don't need it all the time. I think for me, I'm going to go with a bomber on it, just because I might get bored after two. And then I want to go on to something a little... With a little bit more intense of a flavor. Solid, uh, solid scores all around for a very solid beer. Um, we just put out our, our next offering here, which is a, a wit call. I believe it's out with me. Let me tap my screen again. There we go. Out with me. Yes. It's a whippier Belgian style air ale, very pale and cloudy in appearance. It's unfiltered and contains high levels of wheat and oats spiced with coriander and orange peel. So I had, uh, I'd given a description to the, the, uh, other gentleman here earlier and I want to see if they, if they concur. Oh, it's definitely cloudy. To the extent that it's it's really cloudy. Yeah, I mean, whip beers are definitely supposed to be. Yeah, cloudy, it's it's so. right where it's supposed yeah. to be. Yeah, with but that. with how light in color this is, 
and I can barely see my finger on the other side of the glass. It's pretty impressive, isn't it? Like, I can kind of see an outline. I cannot make out any detail. There's a bunch of wheat in there. Yeah. I definitely get the uh, the coriander on the nose. Maybe a little bit of the orange as well. Oh, easy, buddy. I, I spilled. getting a little excited. I am. I, I like this yeah, beer. It's got, um, there's definitely a citrus kind of scent, scent to it that you pick up in the nose. And as soon as you take a sip... It, it kicks you right there. It tells you right away, like, hey, there's definitely a citrus that, um, that they added to this. Yeah. This is... Uh, <clears throat> Pardon me. This is really nice. Yeah, I was actually a little worried because of the um, the orange bit uh, from Mark. I know Mark's not a big orange dude in beer. No. But, um, but what was your uh, description again? I'm sorry. That was a couple hours ago. I don't remember that. Uh, so my description was, I think this is like a blue moon after you put the orange in it. And that's spot on. I knew it was something to that effect, and that's spot on. That's really what... This tastes like it's. If you handed me this and said it was a clone brew that you tried to do of it, of the of that, I would say, hey, that you did a pretty darn good job. Nice work there. Yeah, I think the the mouthfeel for uh, for this one's a little bit a little bit thicker than than Blue Moon. I have a fair bit of Blue Moon whenever I go out to a place that doesn't have any other good beer. I think Blue Moon's pretty much my standby if I can find it. Yeah, it's, um, it's not. It's a good alternative if you can't find anything else. Right. But it, uh, it, I, I like this one a lot. I, when I tasted it, I, I hadn't had this a pint of this one. The old Kentucky and Mark and I have had pints of it before. Um, I had a little tiny in the taster cup, just right. you know, to give it a shot. And uh, it, it, I, I, this is a many, many pint version of the beer for sure. Now, what was the uh, alcohol on this one? Five point six. So it's another low yeah. level one, especially for us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it almost ta- um, it almost tastes like it's a little less than that, even. The Kentucky, and I, you tasted it, you kind of had a little bit of not boozy taste, but you tasted, like, it was beer. Like, it had alcohol on it. But this one, I don't taste alcohol. I'm like, uh-oh, these are, these are going to be uh, going quick. Yeah, this is it's pretty pretty tasty stuff. But um, I'll get it started um, on the ratings on this one. And for me, I think i got to go Bomber again with this one. That's another beer and that I want two of. And I'll move on to the next more interesting thing. But at the same point, the right situation might hang out and drink these all day and, you know, barbecue it up. Yeah, again, another good, really good outdoor outdoor beer. I'll, uh, I'm kind of between a bomber and a, uh, and a, and a growler, but I think I'm going to stay with the bomber for the same reason. Yeah. Also, I, you know, having the sort of, you know, half pour, the tasting pour we just did, I can feel like the coriander... And the citrus sit with me a little. And I'm probably going to want to put this in between a couple of other things just for, for me. Right. But uh, I, I, I love this beer. It's, it's a very, very good wit. I'm also going to go for a bomber on this. Uh, just be, it, It's very pleasant. It's uh, I would say it's almost more floral than it is citrusy. You can see that. But uh, a- after the two in the bomber, I'm, I'm going to want to move on to something else. It's about all I could do with my palate. It's still a really good beer. It's just not something that I want to drink large quantities of. Right. So this brings us to the point of the episode where we're going to have an IPA. So this is one of the uh, evil New England IPAs, depending upon who you talk to. I'm talking to you, Paul Comsick. Uh, it's <laughs> but uh, it, they call it their, uh, I forgot this earlier, their Cloudy Mentality, which I think is a, a pretty clever name. They're definitely known for, uh, not known, at least they're known to me as having very good names, very uh, clever ones. 
For like Tasty McDull. <laughs> I know. What was that one? Tasty McWhat? Tasty McDull. Alright. I had, again, another t a taster of this while I was there. And, um, because they were out of my, the Chipotle Alligator, which is a killer beer they make with, uh, some smoked Chipotles. Uh, if you can get that while you're there, hook it up. But, uh, this was, uh, I, an enjoyable, tiny little taste for me, and I'm very interested to see what it's like in a, in a larger pour. The, the, um, description of this is, New England Hazy Style IPA, made with English yeast, oats, and no bittering hops added during production. Because of this, the beer is juicy with strong tropical notes of passion fruit and apricot flavor. This is another beer that's pale in color, but completely opaque. Yeah, it's not quite as pale as the wit was, but I still can't see my finger through it. No, I'm not going to lie. It looks like they just mixed the two beers that we just had into <laughs> one glass and served it out. Like, it's a... It's about that color, It's a yeah. light amber. It's a really light amber color, but it's got that same haze. It's got a little more... Uh, a little more fizz to the top of it than uh, the last two have. It's got a, uh, a pr pretty good hop aroma, obviously. That's coming from the, the later edition of the hops. Yeah, there's a strong um, hop presence. But again, I think it's a... Uh, it's one of the, It smells like one of the citrusy ones. Yeah, it's definitely more um, citrus or floral. It's it's not Yeah, a... it's, all, it's kind of the pleasant... It's, it's the pleasant smell of hops that I like. Yes. But I'm still nervous that it may be the... The taste that I don't like, but I do love the smell of this one. What's interesting is I just took a sip, and uh, I definitely get kind of the mixture of passion fruit and apricot, which I'm just going to assume is assume is from the whatever hop variety was thrown into it. And you do get uh, that you know a slight IPA hop bite at the end, but not not enough to be unpleasant to me, and I'm very sensitive to that. It's not as uh, bad as a lot of IPAs that ag aggressive bite at the the back of the taste but uh i would have to disagree with you it's still a little bit too far past that for me i yeah. get a, i get a lot of the apricot in there and i find it really pleasing yeah that's my favorite part of the beer um, the floral notes and the aroma are there and i was really pleased that when i took a sip it didn't overpower me i'm actually drinking this and really enjoying it um to be honest I, the, when Paul was railing against New England IPAs, I kind of shut up because I don't really know a lot about this style, and I'm not familiar with them, but to me this seems closer to the, um, closer to an English pale ale kind of style, in, in the sense that if you said, hey, here's pale ale, and I don't necessarily always enjoy those, but the English pale ales, I'm more willing to give a shot because I tend to enjoy them a little bit more. I feel like this one, and I don't know if the, how this is on an indicator of style. It's its own, I, yeah. Because I, I haven't had enough of them to really speak on the style. But if they're akin to this, I'm not going to complain that loud. I've only had one other one from 1940s there, well, Wicked Chowder. And um, this Chowder. one... Chowder. Chowder, sorry. Are, uh, Say it, Frenchie. <laughs> it was uh, it was different than this. It was definitely still had a little bit of juiciness to it, but I didn't get quite as much of the citrus. And um, I did enjoy that one. I enjoy this one more, though. You know what? That probably like there's a little bit of like lingering bitterness on the side of like side back of my tongue, which is like I got it on the back, yeah, yeah. Which is a good part of the reason why I'm not a fan of like citrus juice. 
Yeah, I can get that one. I used to drink a lot of orange juice. That's what I would get that feeling. Yeah, and that I don't find that pleasant, and it's why I shy away from it. So that's why, like, the, the aroma and the initial flavor of this on my palate is not bad, but that lingering sort of, like, bitterness on, at the back that I, I can't get rid of is not my cup of tea. It's interesting because I'm obviously very sensitive to bitter. I complain about it all the time on this podcast, but I don't I don't get that same thing from this. That being said, I can see it potentially kicking in after a pint or so. So, I mean, that's pretty much going to be my rating is a pint. I'd, I'd like to have a pint of this whenever I go down there to pick up a growler. I think that'd be perfect. And then um, I can check out whatever else they have. I'm going to stick with the tasting again for the reasons that I explained. It's just not what I enjoy, but uh, I'm glad I had the tasting, uh, and you know I keep trying them. Maybe I'll find one that I like. It'll be yeah, it'll be interesting to keep trying this style as it sort of makes its way up here. I know that it's kind of been in the northeastern area for a while, clearly, but Long Island itself, other than it, getting other it than is trading, in fact an island. Yeah, trying to yeah trying to get uh, that these these haven't shown up quite as much as they have in other places. I gotta say, for all, as I mentioned before, I'm not really familiar with the style, so I can't speak to whole style, but I kind of got the impression that they had a, a little bit more bad rap, and I'm pleasantly surprised by this beer. I enjoy it. Um, as much as, Mark, you don't like that, a little, that citrus acidity in the beer, I like that. Yeah. And, that, and I get I it's just a, it's a difference. I get it that it's just, you know, different personal choices. Um, the, um, what's the word? The descriptor of juicy, I think was the right idea. It was like that. It really tasted, it tasted like fresh squeezed juice and apricot is a flavor that I really enjoy. Um, I may or may not have ever eaten, you know, the entire circle tray <laughs> of dried apricots in one sitting and then been miserable for the next couple hours afterwards, but it was totally worth it. But I'm pleasantly surprised by this. And I think just because the sweetness of it, I'm going to stick to a pint on it. Um, maybe I'll come back to it later in the night. But for now, it's just going to be a pint, and I'm going to be happy with it. But surprised by the style. What was the alcohol content on it, Justin? Oh, I, yeah, 7.8. So, I mean, this one. Oh, it doesn't yeah, taste that no, strong. No, no, it doesn't. Did not see that one coming at all. I'm pretty sure. That, I mean, I may be, I may be wrong because I don't. I don't remember the ones that are off the board now, but I'm pretty sure that's the strongest beer they've put out so far. I'm not 100% sure about that. Well, for 7.8, this one would catch up with you quick. Yes. I think that uh, going back to sort of the style, I think that what a lot of, at least that I've heard other brewers, including Paul, say is that the idea of the cloudy IPA, they, they kind of call it like the lazy brewer's IPA because they don't, they don't find it or anything. Right. So I'm not, I, I think that a lot of the hate that it gets is from, from brewers who are wondering whether or not the people who are putting it out are just going, oh, I, I screwed this up or, you know, whatever it is and then kicking out something. Right. But, um... I do know that a couple of times, and this isn't any, anybody local, it's from a couple of podcasts that I listen to, whenever there's a brewer complains about it, they do say that you know, there's, they can be done well. And I right. think this is a pretty good example of one that was done well. Yeah. From, the, from my tiny bit of uh, information that I have on it. Um, one other thing to mention about them is they do uh, ciders. Their own ciders as yes, well. Yes, I have heard about that. Um, 
Yeah, what is it? It's, uh, what, four beers on tap and four ciders on tap, or is it five and five? I never remember. Um, I'm not exactly sure. I I'm, I know at one point they had five beers. Like, right now on their website, they have six beers and four ciders, but I okay. know I know that when I was there, um, like I said, the Chipotle alligator wasn't on, and they I'm pretty sure they filled up the rest with cider, but to go along with their amazingly good names, they have the uh, Sangria Sunset, the New England Tropic Cider, and then my favorite name, the Heavenly Melons Cider. Tremendous yeah. name. Melons. <laughs> <laughs> We're five. But, uh, no, I, I've heard about the ciders. My, uh, my wife, I, were your ladies on that trip too? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I, I can't keep track of what they do anymore. I don't know. It's like herding cats. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they had gone, they had, um, gone to the brewery and drank some of the cider during a bachelorette party and, came back to rave reviews of it as well so i mean it's heavenly melon cider i want to go have some hard cider flavor with watermelons and strawberries the light and sweet flavor will have you craving more sounds exactly right i'm in i'm in i'll try that out one thing i'll also say is their their prices for growler fills and stuff are, are really very very affordable you know, oh. six six dollars for 32 ounce pints i mean 32 ounce growler, 32 ounce pints. 32 ounce pints <laughs> we get wasted <laughs> 32 ounce growler uh, 32 ounce growler fills uh, for most things, they're a couple a little higher. Um, nine. I'm sorry. I'm, I might be reading the wrong thing. Oh, no. That was for the one. The old Kentuckian is six, $6 for wow. you know, at least according to their website. I don't know if that's uh, a typo or not, but the out with me and that were both uh, 6 bucks. That might be a typo, though. So don't don't quote me on it. Print, that, print out the page. Show it to them. Demand those prices. <laughs> but even even still, when I, I don't remember how, exactly how much it was, but when I paid for the, the three, uh, three uh, growlettes that we have, um, I was... It was very reasonable. Hey, that's that's always good. We like uh, reasonable prices. It definitely makes you know going out to the the bars a little more easy on, on the wallet. Also, the, uh, every time I've been there, there's been at least you know four or five other people in there, and um, I've I've yet to not have a really good conversation with somebody sitting up at the bar. Okay. So I, I'm, that's always I'm a good. Fan, thing. Yeah, I'm a fan of that. You know, especially because I travel by myself a lot of times to pick these things up. If I'm going to hang out and have a pint, I don't want to sit in the corner by myself. So right. See, that's what I'll do, though. No, yes. Mark, Other people talk yeah. to me, and I end up engaging them in conversation, but right. I don't see And then that. yelling at no, them? No, Mark, Mark, Mark <laughs> tries to, to run into the corner as fast as possible and just kind of rub his beard and say, my precious. <laughs> it's my beer. You can't have my beers. Um, now I probably fall somewhere in the middle. I will sit down at the bar and not really engage anyone in conversation, but if they start talking, I don't hide in the corner, but, you know, I'll sit there and I'll hang out and... If there is something good to talk about, then I'll talk about it, though. I always seem to run into people that know people I know. Like, we can play the Six Degrees really easy for an island that has, you know, six million people on it. It's incredible how often you run it, you can connect the dots and how in how short a span. Shout so, out to Jeff Santarello. I was going to say, funny, yeah. funny story. I meet uh, Jeff Santarello, uh, um, father of Mark Santarello, which... Kevin and Mark grew up with, who I've never met, but I see you on Facebook and I know about your your family. So it's and sort of he's weird. a and he was a supporter of us on Patreon. Yeah, so exactly. So kudos to Mark. We like you. If you're listening, give us another shout out. Tell us what you're uh, brewing or drinking down there. We know you're always working on some crazy mad scientist stuff. Absolutely, it was nice to uh, uh, get get called out as the, the hey, you're the one of the podcast that I don't know. So <laughs> I appreciate that. Jeff that is a, Jeff is a very cool dude, though he's. He's always fun. To, he was always fun to uh, hang out with. Um, I had teased earlier that we have been on a number of adventures recently. 
Yes, and we have. So I'll start off by sharing my adventure. I was down in Baltimore for a couple days with a fencing tournament, and we were in the Inner Harbor right near the convention center, and smack dab across the street from the convention center is a very nice restaurant and brew house called the Pratt Street Ale House. So shout out to them. And they are the home of Oliver Brewing. And they made a pretty wide variety of beers. They had stuff that was in casks that was uh, conditioned in whiskey barrels. They had stuff in wine barrels. They had all sorts of good stuff. And let me pull up a picture real quick so I can see what was on the board. Because I had a couple darker ones that I really enjoyed. And unfortunately, I wasn't with people that really appreciated beer. Ah. I was uh, I was hanging out with more with wine drinkers. Yeah, I had... Uh... I had a similar experience when I went away on a golf trip. I'm sitting there in this like this random pizza place that had amazing beer, and I'm trying to tell people, order this, get this right now. And they're like, no, I'm having you know my Budweiser, which made me sad. Yeah. Corona. <laughs> I actually um, I ended up uh, going to have dinner with my dad a couple, uh, probably about two weeks ago. And he hands it, and he goes, hey, you want a beer? And before I could think to realize what he has in his fridge, I go, yeah, sure. And he hands me a Bud Light. So it's the first Bud Light that I've had in probably about four years, oh, five man. years, and it's just as bad as I remember it. Um, so down at Oliver uh, Brewing, I had the uh, the Bishop's Breakfast, which is an oatmeal stout, which they serve on nitro, Ooh. and was delicious, and at mere 4.4%, you could pound them, Yeah, and you could drink them. Now, this was the one that was really a surprise to me, was the Coventry Cream. It's an English bitter, and they listed as an English-style bitter characterized by a rich, creamy head, boisterous body, robust flavor, and a beautiful red color in at 6%, and it's also on the nitro. And that was so good. That's cool. English, English bitter. I've never had English bitter, that, but to have yeah, a nitro. Have little bit of bitterness, but then have that nice, creamy texture that comes through being on nitro and in a red, you know, it, it tastes like any other, it's like an English red ale, but just to put it on the nitro and get the creaminess and still have, and balance out that bitter flavor that you get from it, it was the best beer that I had there. Wow. I need um, to drink more bitters. I've never, ever had one. I, it's, it's something I hear, especially when I listen to homebrew podcasts, a lot of guys making, and I haven't I haven't ever had one. The last two beers that I had there were the uh, English Dark Mild called the Dark Horse, which was decent. It was all right. It didn't really stand out to me. And the uh, the Three Lions, which was a strong brown ale. And I went with the beers that I... I, I, I was... I went for my comfort zone beers. I went for all the dark stuff. I, I know I didn't really stretch out there. But, um, you know, the, the Strong Brown Ale Three Lions was pretty good. That was in at 7.5%. And and I and that's the one that they barrel-aged in a um, in a wine in a red wine barrel that I got a chance to try that one. That was pretty darn awesome. I love when uh, I want to try a lot more beers that are, you know, we, we always have our bourbon barrel beers and occasionally right. a whiskey barrel beer. But I want, try, I want to try to find some tequila barrel beers. And some some. Wine have you seen beers. that before, Tequila Barrel? I've heard of them on the West Coast from one of the podcasts okay. I listen to, but I haven't seen one. That um, that'd be pretty cool. I'm planning on making my own quote unquote Tequila Barrel by soaking some oak in tequila and then okay. using it in a homebrew. But it's you know who knows how that'll come. I out. feel like if you do that with a with a lighter body beer, that'd be pretty awesome. Almost you know like you know if you're drinking tequila and you know Corona, a lighter beer. You know not that Corona is all that great, but I would like to stay. I would still think you'd want kind of a lighter, brighter flavor to cut through the tequila than to dig in on it. And put some agave in there as part of the fermentals. Oh, that'd be cool. Now we're talking here. Mark's, like, all, Mark's all about his agave. He puts agave in everything. 
<laughs> no, not anymore. No. I saw you rubbing it on your chest before. I, I really cut back on adding sweeteners, sweeteners to uh, coffee. Oh, my co- yeah, my co- most. It's really mainly coffee. Yeah. Like, I'm not adding sugar to any other beverages. So, you bringing up dark beers uh, reminded me that I wanted to mention that right now they don't have any dark beers on tap, but they do have an um, a uh, Irish stout called Darkle. Okay. Which is very good. And what was the name of the one we had while we were there? Can you remember? I don't remember. I do know this. The, we, there I were, think that was yeah. just like a special one-off for St. Patrick's Day, too, though. Totally was. And uh, But, I mean, that was, su- like, it was the best Irish stout that I've ever had. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's that's laying down some big words there. Yeah, but, like, he, he had blended in coffee, and I don't remember if there was chocolate in it as well. I think there was. But... Um, man, it was so damn good. There is currently a petition to bring it back. And when I say a petition, I mean I've signed all of our names and the podcast name on, on the petition yesterday. Okay. The guy I was talking to at the bar, I, I'm sorry, man, I completely forget your name. But he's like, you got to sign the petition to bring back this beer. And I'm like, okay, I'm in. Like, I didn't even know what beer it was yet. And then when he told me, I was like, yes. This Absolutely. Needs... Hold on, let me forge yeah. a couple more names. I and did. I wrote, I wrote both of your names, there the you podcast go. name, my name. And then he said, thank you, Mark, and shook my hand. And I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Well done, sir. But I will say just uh, just to finish up my thoughts on Baltimore, um, it's right around the corner from Camden Yards, and maybe a few blocks away from M&T Bank Stadium where the Ravens play. So if you're in the neighborhood for seeing an event, go check them out. Go have a beer, and skip the Natty Bow. Natty Bow Natural Bohemian oh. is the it's another local brew. And it's basically just piss water. So it's Natty Ice. It's Natty Ice with in a fancy label. Like I had, I I was at a hotel bar and I asked. I said, "Okay, what do you have that's local?" He didn't have anything that was really local. He goes, "I'm like, all right, you got anything?" And he goes, oh, "We got Natty Bow if you want that." I'm like, I should have just said no, but he handed, it was that, or he was going to hand me something else that was equivalent to it. So had one of those and never having another one of them. <laughs> That's uh, uh, yeah. So I, I, that, I, that's the end uh, of my story for uh, Baltimore. There, Natty Bo, say no. Go over to Pratt Street Ale House. Enjoy the beverages uh, there. One cool thing I just noticed on I was I had brought up Po Boys Facebook to try to find one of the names of their animals. Okay. And I just they made a post. Um, what uh, this is the twenty? Yeah. So the one. So, so this past Yahtzee. Thursday. This past Omaha. Thursday. Apparently, they now have a uh, um, uh, charity tap there. Oh, so cool. they have it where they put a uh, a secret uh, Shandoff charity tap is what they're calling it. All proceeds uh, going to, at least this week are going to go to Island Harvest. So oh. that's a really cool thing. I like that idea. That's really I neat. I may have seen that. I don't remember for sure. Mark, you want to give us some intel on the other event, or do we want to save that for another episode? Yeah, let's hold on to that for the next episode. Ooh, I think Mark and I can gonna... talk about that for like half hour by itself. Well, you guys <laughs> yeah, are going to have to you know, make sure you download next week episode so that you can hear all about their new adventure indeed all right um you guys got anything else no i think that wraps it up for uh po boy brewery at least until next time absolutely well cheers everybody cheers cheers if you enjoyed beertastic voyage please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to review and rate us the guys can be found online at www.beertasticvoyage.com on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Beertastic Voyage, and Twitter and Instagram at Beertastic Show, 
or send them a good old-fashioned email at beertasticvoyage at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and cheers for local beers.